the Long Island Local News on Monday, February 26th, 2024. I'm Gianna Volpe on WLIWFM. New York's industrial development agencies are in the crosshairs of the state legislature in the current legislative session, which resumes today. Quote, IDA reform is a priority for this session. A quote from Assembly Member Fred Thiel, the Democrat from Sag Harbor, who told that to Riverhead Local earlier this month. Thiel chairs the Assembly's local government committee, which has control over legislation Relating to IDAs, quote, we have more than a dozen bills directed at IDA reform in my committee. Thiel said we are reviewing them all. We're looking to develop a package of legislation for later in the session. Denise Civiletti reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that IDA reform legislation has the support of the powerful New York State United Teachers, representing more than 600,000 teachers statewide including those employed by the Riverhead Central School District, according to data reported by the Riverhead IDA to the Office of the State Comptroller. Net school property tax exemptions granted by RIDA in the decade from 2013 to 2022 totaled more than $15 million. Riverhead Town Supervisor Tim Hubbard said last week at a Greater Calverton Civic Association meeting that IDA tax breaks work as incentives for business development, bringing jobs and building the town's tax base. In other news, the Hampton Bays Civic Association will discuss the extension of the Southampton Town Moratorium on Battery Energy Storage Systems and the Bel Air Hotel property. And we'll hear from a panel of Southampton Town representatives, including Councilperson Michael Ayasili and Police Chief James Kiernan and Public Safety and Emergency Management Administrator Ryan Murphy at its 7 p.m. monthly meeting tonight at the Hampton Bays Senior Center at 25 Ponquag Avenue. All are welcome to attend. More info available at hbcivic.org. On the North Fork, Tonight, the Mattituck Laurel Civic will discuss South Old Town's zoning update project at its monthly meeting from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., the first of several meetings in the upcoming weeks to discuss the zoning project at civic associations throughout the region. The meeting will be held in the downstairs community room at the Mattituck Laurel Library. After an overview of zoning by South Old Town Planner Heather Lanza, residents will be asked to weigh in on, on concerns specific to their hamlets as well as the town at large, topics such as traffic congestion and safety, housing, how to balance community character with hotels and other intense uses, protecting cultural and natural resources, and cell service will be discussed. The North Fork Civics are encouraging residents to attend their hamlets forum as the more feedback they can provide the town of Southhold at large, the better the town can work to address community concerns as they develop the updates. In addition to tonight's meeting in Mattituck, the discussion will continue at the following civics uh, on the North Fork in March. East Marion Community Association, that's Saturday, the 2nd of March at 10 a.m. at the East Marion Fire Department. Uh, Orient Association will have one 
the next day on Sunday, the 3rd of March at 2 p.m. at Pakwatak Hall. Greenport will have uh, a meeting on Thursday, the 7th of March at 6 p.m. at the Greenport Firehouse. Kutchog and New Suffolk meeting Thursday, uh, the 14th of March at 5.30 p.m. at the Kutchog New Suffolk Library. South Holt Peconic Civic Association, that will be Saturday, March 23rd, 10 a.m. at CAST. Uh, Fishers Island meeting Thursday, uh, the 28th of March at 6 p.m. For more details, you can go to southholdzoningupdate.com and take the town's online zoning survey. And finally, the town of Southampton seeking public input following a recent design study presentation before the town board by the firm Historical Concepts focused on the downtown business district in Hampton Bays. Tom Gagola reporting on 27East.com that the survey is open through the 29th of February. So just a few more days that you can uh, uh, access that survey. And it follows several meetings held in January between town officials and historical concepts and various Hampton Bays organizations, including the Hampton Bays Civic Association, the Hampton Bays Chamber of Commerce, and the Citizens Advisory Committee. Residents are encouraged to take that survey at southhamptontownny.gov. Look for Hampton Bay's conceptual design survey. Uh, Why don't we read the weather in Hampton Bay's? That sounds fun to me. Looking like a 30% chance of showers before 1 p.m., Today in Hampton Bay is mostly cloudy, otherwise then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 47 degrees. Southwest wind, 10 to 14 miles per hour tonight. Patchy fog after 1 a.m., otherwise partly cloudy with a low around 34 degrees. Calm wind becoming southeast around 6 miles per hour after midnight. Right now it's 44 degrees and we've got the heart edition continuing for you. A practice edition of an all-music heart edition. Some uh, morning we'll record that here on the Heart of the East End. Kind of feels like it's, first of all, there's a lot of heart tracks. And, uh, you know, it's a pretty high bar since this is the Heart of the East End. Um, you know, I've got that that uh, collaboration between Elton John and Dua Lipa, Cold Heart. But I picked the acoustic version. I've got... Um, East End or Long Island's very own Nico Patton and the North Fork's very own Morgan Saint in your listening future with their uh, Where Is Your Heart? That's from Nico's 2013 record Waterbird. And then 10 years later, uh, Morgan Saint, that's last year, 2023, Morgan released Did You Lose Your Heart, uh, which we premiered here on the show. So very excited to play it again. I know I've played it uh, since then, but you know, uh, what do we got? Eric Church and Walk the Moon will precede those tracks, but first, Lainey Wilson. This is Heart Like a Truck, a 2022 single, right here on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM, the Heart Morning and Midnight Show, featuring music from all decades and genres, and interviews with folks from all walks of life 
It's all because of you and your generosity. If you want to support the program, you can always make a donation to WLIW.org slash radio, the same place you can stream us and stream the archived episodes of the show, which we upload every day on the same place, WLIW.org slash radio. We'll be back. I never stay in one place too long A dirt road singing me a siren song I gotta find a field I need to spin my wheels I got a hankering for four wide tires And I can't help it, it's the way I'm wired Boy, you get too close Boy, you need to know I got a heart like a truck
She's caviar and mascara I'm corduroy and leather You take one hell of an imagination To ever paint us together The places I like to haunt at She wouldn't be caught dead Don't make sense to the neighbors Don't look good on paper And sure don't make sense in my head Scratches from thorns and briar Over or under will roll like thunder As long as there's tread on these tires I got a heart like a wheel Baby, let's go Get in this heart like a wheel And baby, let's roll Church to walk the moon, you get a little bit of it all. Wake up, make a fuss, and spill your guts for me. You're on the Heart Morning and Midnight Show. Get started, spill your heart on a dirty sleeve. WLIWFM.
It's a human sign When things go wrong When the scent of her lingers And temptation strong Cold, cold heart Heart done by you Something's looking better, baby WLIWFM is your place for local music, like Nico Patton and Morgan Saint. I've got a Nancy Atlas track to lead you into the NPR News break later on. Cowgirl's Heart, from the Cut and Run record of 2017, this one from Nico Patton's Waterbird.
All right, so I'm not going to be playing Blondie's Heart of Glass, but just to demonstrate how not there I am right now, we're watching the, the music video for Heart of Glass, and I go, this is Tiffany, right? I, where, where even am I? Not even close. And I know it's Blondie. And I know this is Morgan Saint. No already wasted too many chances he gave And that you are listening to WLIWFM. Did you lose your heart, baby? Did you lose your heart, baby? Did you lose your heart? 
The Yardbirds, Sheiky Graves, and Bessie Smith in your immediate listening future. But first, Jackie DeShannon put a little love in your heart. Title track of her 1969 record here on the practice run for the All Music Heart Edition. If there's a heart track you love, a song with heart in the title, you can let us know about it. 631-591-7006. Leave a voicemail for the heart of the East End on WLIWFM. She had me back again 
Century after the Yardbirds recorded Heart Full of Soul for their having a rave up with the Yardbirds record of 65. Uh, Shaky Graves recorded this cover of the very classic A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes from the 2015 record Shaky Graves and the horse he rode in on. Uh, Though it was the same year that... um, that Yardbirds record was remastered, and that was the 2015 remaster of Heart Full of Soul from the Yardbirds 65 record. I'm Gianna Volpe. This is Shaky Graves. I can't say enough about this cover. I just love it. Something about uh, this artist. Uh, it's his timing. It's his tone. It's uh, the buildup, the dynamics. Really, really dig it. Uh, Almost as much as I dig a great Bessie Smith track uh, playing very classic. I've got what it takes, but it breaks my heart to give it away. After Shaky's cover of A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes, right here on the Heart edition of The Heart of the East End with Gianna Volpe featuring music from all decades and genres and interviews with folks from all walks of life, all because of you, the listener-supporter, Donating to WLIW.org slash radio.
Jakey Graves here on WLIWFM. All right, I got it all lined up. Bessie Smith, Old Dominion, Hank Williams Sr., and the Nancy Atlas Project. Leading you out of today's edition of The Heart, WLIW.org slash radio to hear it again. Oh, St. Jenny saved up all her pennies. Straight to the bank she would go. The shots would hound her hands around her, but none could get her door. Jenny's fella was a slick high yellow, sent away to jail one day. He cried for bail and turned real pale when I heard Jenny say, I've got what it takes, but it breaks my heart. It's in demand, they want it every day. I've been saving it up for a long, long time. To give it away would be more than a crime. Your eyes may roll, your teeth may grit, but none of my money will you get. You can look at my bank book, but I'll never let you feel my purse. Cause I want woman leaving safety first. Safety first. If you want my money, yes, my plan. I'm saving it up for a real good man. I've got what it takes. But it breaks my heart to give it away. I've got what it takes, but it breaks my heart to give it away. Yes, girl. <laughs> it's in demand for crying for it. Yeah.
wonder if Jack and Diane ever made it After the drums and the guitars all faded What's the best they could do good enough Or did the heartland just swallow them up How did my mom and my dad ever do it If there were struggles and we never knew it I guess they had each other Tell my kids when they see all of this goes down on TV. When the whole world is down on its luck, I gotta make sure they keep their chin up. Cry when it hurts, laugh when it's funny, chase after the dream, don't chase after the money. And no, we got each other, and that's what's up. Cause you can't keep the ground from shaking. such thing as a broken heart you gotta love like there's no such thing as a broken heart such thing as a broken heart cause you can't keep the ground from shaking no matter how hard you try you can't keep the sunsets from fading you gotta treat your life like you're jumping off a rope swing baby cause the whole thing's really just a shot in the dark you gotta love like there's no such thing thing has a broken heart tell that to the king of broken hearts Hank Williams senior <laughs> oh, I love this song take these chains from my heart and set me free you've grown cold and no longer care for me Oh, my faith in you is gone, but the heartaches linger on. Take these chains from my heart and set me free. Take these tears from my eyes and let me see. Just a spark of the love that used to be. If you love somebody new, let me find a new love too. Take these chains from my heart and set me free.
Give my heart just a word of sympathy Be as fair to my heart as you can be Then if you no longer care For the love that's beating there Take these chains from my heart and set me free Take these chains from my heart and set me free You've grown cold and no longer care for me All my faith in you is gone But the heartaches linger on Take these chains from my heart and set me free Leading you into the NPR news break with someone who takes the chains from all of our hearts out here on the East End and sets us free every dang time. It's Nancy Atlas Project on WLIWFM. But I can break at the cry of a babe's lullaby Or the touch of a free-ranging man Oh, and I want you to want me But don't lead me astray Just try and love what you can Cause I've got a cow Live from the WLI-WFM studio in Southampton, New York, on Monday, February 26th, 2024, I'm Gianna Volpe. Democratic state legislators, the majority party in Albany, plan to propose a new map for New York's 26 congressional districts today, soon after they vote down a version supported by a bipartisan panel. Yancey Roy reporting on Newsday.com that the action could set up a vote on the new map by the state assembly and Senate 
As soon as Thursday on Friday, Newsday reported a map approved by the bipartisan independent redistricting commission was considered dead, according to sources, and would be formally rejected. Today, an issue is how to configure boundaries for the state's congressional districts following an order by New York's highest court to redraw a map imposed in 2022. Per the court order, the Independent Redistricting Commission worked on and approved a new map February 15th, forwarding it to the state legislature for approval or rejection. Redistricting is typically a bare-knuckle battle in every state, with the party in power trying to draw districts to help it gain a seat or more in the next election cycle. The IRC map made almost no changes to New York's congressional map, prompting criticism from some Democrats, in part because the state could play a key role in which party wins control of Congress this fall, and shifting district boundaries could make the difference in some swing districts. None of Long Island's four districts, currently held by three Republicans and one Democrat, would have changed under the IRC map. Several sources said the new map would make modest adjustments to only some of the 26 districts. Democrats currently hold 16 congressional seats in New York. Republicans hold 10. In other news, a year after the Long Island Railroad began running full service to Grand Central Madison, reviews are remaining mixed. Alfonso A. Castillo reporting on Newsday.com that some riders are thrilled about a modern, spacious alternative to Penn Station, while others are frustrated with the difficulty navigating the sprawling terminal and the lack of dining options. Grand Central Madison is being used by nearly 80,000 riders each day, accounting for about 40% of all Manhattan LIRR trips, according to the MTA. Even among those regularly using the new terminal, there are some lingering complaints, as evidenced by a drop in satisfaction among regular Grand Central commuters compared with when it first opened, according to the LIRR's most recent rider survey. Among the criticisms that Grand Central Madison's too difficult to navigate, it's barren of dining options, and that the LIRR still hasn't figured out the right amount of trains to run to and from the station. Still, MTA officials have portrayed Grand Central Madison as a success. The 700,000-square-foot station already has been used by about 17 million people, more than most Commuter railroads in the country, according to the Transportation Authority. Although LIRR ridership has returned to nearly 75% of pre-COVID levels, Grand Central Madison is carrying less than half of the 162,000 daily passengers projected by the MTA in 2018. Looking at schools, Long Island schools saw a significant increase in the number of reported computer hacks and other cyber incidents last year compared to the year prior, rising from 23 to 35. About half of the problems were traced to worker mistakes, such as publicly exposing students' disabilities, psychological evaluations, or placements in special education, records showed. The reports highlight the often precarious state of privacy regarding student and staff information in schools. Craig Schneider reporting on Newsday.com that the cyber incidents 
from Long Island's 124 public school districts track with increases statewide. New York had a record number of such events in 2022, many due to human error. The state had 140 reported incidents that year, nearly doubling the 71 reported uh, the year prior, according to the New York State Education Department's 2022 annual report on data privacy and security, which is the most recent data available. Across the country, there were more than 1,330 publicly disclosed cyber incidents involving K-12 through schools from 2016 to 2022, according to the K-12 Security Information Exchange, a Virginia nonprofit that tracks cyber attacks on schools. These mistakes, intrusions, and thefts can be costly. Losses to school districts range from $50,000 to a million per school data breach, as they often require replacing computer hardware and improving cybersecurity to prevent future events. And finally, Southampton Village's West Main Street parking lot will be partially closed starting today as a drainage and repaving project begins. As as reported on 27East.com, the project includes bioswales, which capture stormwater and filter it with vegetations before it returns to groundwater or surface waters. Work begins on the north end of the parking lot near Rite Aid and proceeds south toward the Southampton Arts Center, according to an announcement from the village. It is expected to take four to six weeks to complete. The announcement stating access to the parking lot will be limited for the duration of the project and working areas will change daily. The village of Southampton asked businesses to advise their employees to avoid parking in the work area. The village received $246,729 from the Southampton Town Community Preservation Fund for the bioswales. Reading the weather in Stony Brook ahead of our Heart to Heart with Dr. John Riley. Looking like isolated sprinkles today before 1 p.m. Mostly cloudy otherwise, then gradually becoming sunny with a high near 50 degrees. Wow, quite warm. Southwest wind 7 to 9 miles per hour tonight. Patchy fog after 1 a.m. Otherwise partly cloudy tonight with a low around 36 degrees. South wind around 5 miles per hour becoming calm in the evening. Right now, it's 43 degrees, and I've got a heart edition planned for you this morning. Uh, Sia Myra, the second hands from right here on the East End and World Inferno Friendship Society in your immediate listening future. But first, the love language. It's hard to tell from the library's record of 2010 on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLI. WFM News You Can Trust, music you love. Isn't it strange? These laws of attraction, let me be the one you rearrange. Let's start a chain reaction. We will know. And I can't wait 
See, as the last card from the Thousand Forms of Fear record of 2014, leading us into our discussion, our heart-to-heart with Dr. John Riley, interventional uh, uh, cardiologist at Stony Brook Medicine, as well as the chief of cardiology here at Stony Brook Southampton Hospital, where the, well, in Southampton, where the WLI WFM studio lives. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Riley. Good morning. Thank it's, you very much for having me back. It is it is wonderful to have you on with us, especially as we start to bring American Heart Month uh, to a close here. And something that you know we talk about quite a bit, or we have over the years, is how heart disease uh, affects men and women. But uh, I'd love to focus on how it is affecting folks of different ages, because if I'm not mistaken, uh, mistaken, heart disease is affecting younger people uh, in this day and age. Is that right? Well, that's right. I mean, heart disease uh, certainly is uh, more common, more prevalent uh, in our older population, and uh, it sort of catches up with us uh, as as we get older. But it doesn't mean that younger people uh, are immune to it. And um, certainly people, uh, depending on how broadly we're defined, heart disease, people as young in their 30s or 20s can have uh, forms of heart disease like palpitations, uh, arrhythmias, uh, more rarely the kind of conventional heart disease if you think about like blocks developing the heart arteries. Um, but yeah, it, it can begin very early. I was reading, it said high rates of obesity and high blood pressure among younger people between ages 35 and 64 are putting them at risk for heart disease earlier in life. And then it goes on to say nearly half of all Americans have at least one of the top three risk factors for heart disease being high blood pressure, high cholesterol and smoking. Uh, obviously, uh, smoking what leading cause of preventable death as far as heart disease is concerned. But do you want to talk about uh, high blood pressure? Because I know that there is uh, this cutting edge, what, technique or or uh, uh, something that's going on at, at, at Stony Brook Medicine um, that's, that's yeah. new. Yes. I, I I would um, you know I will also mention uh, you mentioned the rising rates of uh, obesity and of course with that diabetes, which is another important risk factor uh, for heart disease, um, and more young people you know people at younger ages uh, having diabetes that's also putting them at risk for heart disease. But hypertension, thank you for bringing up hypertension is actually probably. Uh, the most important modifiable risk factor, you know, something we can do something about, right? right? We can't stop ourselves from getting older. We can't stop the genes that we inherited, uh, you know, uh, from our parents. Um, But probably 40% of the morbidity, death, and mortality, you know, events like heart attacks and strokes, uh, 40% of that is due to, is can be attributed to hypertension. So it's a really important risk factor um, and form of uh, heart disease, uh, and it puts us at risk uh, for congestive heart failure, stroke. 
And hypertension, hypertension is high blood pressure? Hypertension is high blood pressure. Okay. Exactly. And so how can um, we, yep. how can we help ourselves out, doc? Well, um, I, I do want to get to the, this new, uh, new technique, this new procedure, but the important things are still most important. A healthy diet, uh, low in sodium, uh, you know, the average American eats two or three times uh, the recommended sodium. Right. Uh, they should have a diet rich in fruits and vegetables and potassium, uh, like the DASH diet, D-A-S-H. And you can find information about the DASH diet on, uh, on the American Heart Association website. So a healthy diet, exercising regularly, you know, even if that just means getting out and doing 30 minutes of walking uh, five or more days a week and uh, being at a healthy weight. Those are three most important things. Uh, for um, helping take care of hypertension, as or I should most important uh, first, let's say first line uh, treatment for, for how to take care of high blood pressure. Right, and happy centennial, right to the the American Heart Association. That's right. That's crazy. Hundred years. A hundred years. Uh, okay, and so that, that, and that's right. and then uh, I I I imagine the technique we're about to talk about is is uh, for folks who have had a problem and and now have a sustained issue with having high blood pressure? Right. So um, in and addition what, to life... And, and, and explain, and, explain how it works too, Doc. Like how, how uh, you know, what, what the road looks like toward having uh, sustained issues there. So people generally are going in to see their regular doctor, their primary care provider, and... Uh, they begin noticing, uh, they, they notice on part of the exam, they measure the blood pressure that consistently on two or three visits, your blood pressure is elevated. So what's high blood pressure? I'll, I'll start by saying ideal blood pressure is less than 120 for the top number or the systolic blood pressure and less than 80 for the diastolic or bottom number. So your blood pressure ideally should be less than 120 over 80 because our risk for stroke and heart attack and congestive heart failure, just is a, a graph, a, a, the risk goes down in a straight line as your blood pressure goes down. And so lower, lower is better. Um, so ideally our blood pressure should be less than 120 over 80. If it's consistently uh, greater than that, um, particularly, particularly if the top number is less over 130, and the bottom number is over 85, we should start uh, treating it. You know, in addition to those lifestyle modifications I mentioned earlier, people may begin taking medications uh, for taking their, taking their blood pressure. Um, people can develop high blood pressure as early as their 30s, as we were talking about earlier. And um, so that's fairly common uh, time of onset. Uh, for their for blood pressure show, people should be seeing their primary care doctor for annual visits to see where their blood pressure is and, and maybe get started on medications. Um, as we get older and, you know, for various reasons, those we get more sedentary, start putting on weight, and our blood pressure may get harder to uh, treat. And uh, so our doctor needs to keep on top to make sure that the medications that maybe we started on 
and maybe initially were keeping our blood pressure in check, uh, is still doing a good job in keeping our blood pressure uh, well controlled. And so um, that's uh, an important engagement. And most of this um, is managed uh, by the primary care doctor who starts people on their initial uh, blood pressure medicine and um, continues to follow them. Uh, sometimes people's blood pressure becomes more difficult to treat. They need two, two or three drugs or their, their primary care doctor starts, you know, maybe notices um, that their EKG starts to uh, show some uh, changes on it. They may refer, for, as an example, uh, they may refer uh, a fraction, some portion of their patients with hypertension who they think are at higher risk um, on to see a cardiologist or other hypertension specialist. Um, and then generally that hypertension specialist probably continues adjusting their uh, medication regimen to, to find one that um, keeps their blood pressure in check. Uh, they may have asked them to do an echocardiogram, which is an ultrasound of your heart, uh, which can take a look at whether the walls are becoming thicker uh, in response to that high blood pressure, the way uh, bodybuilders' muscles become thicker because they're lifting weights, right? right. But our heart, our heart should be a uh, runner's heart or a swimmer's heart, not a bodybuilder type of physique, right? Um, and the echocardiogram can see that. The echocardiogram can see if the muscle heart muscle is becoming stiffer from having worked against that uh, blood pressure. So that's a, a useful tool um, for people who are having difficult uh, or long-standing hypertension. Um, what is the technique, the procedure? Yeah, because is that new. It, when, when, before? Just as you're getting into it, yeah. Is that right, what John, you? So when, we're we're at the the part where we're talking about. Um, the differences in heart hearts and and whatnot. So, is that what you would describe as resistant hypertension? As we're talking about, uh, we're talking about so hypertension. I'm, just, that, I'm that describing I'm describing hypertensive heart disease. Yes, right, where the heart is getting kind of thickened. Yes, and stiffer, and showing that the hyper the high blood pressure is a, is affecting is a, right. the heart and the muscle. And the muscles sort yeah, of the actual the actual this. anatomy, right? Because you know, keep in mind, your blood pressure has to generate the force to get to that pressure, right? Right. And the higher your, your the blood pressure is, the more force it takes. Uh, the heart is working under, right? Seventy, eighty beats every second, sixty minutes every hour, twenty-four hours every day, right? So. That's hypertensive heart disease. And, um, you know, the high blood pressure is part of the strain that leads to coronary artery disease, plaque, cholesterol plaque building up in our arteries, cerebrovascular disease, that similar plaque cholesterol deposits in the arteries of our carotid arteries in our neck or the arteries in our brain, which might put us at risk for uh, stroke. Um, being under that strain over all that time can eventually lead to the heart to 
failed. So right. to weaken. So what, at what, at what point at, is this a is this a pretty advanced intervention when we're talking about the 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 renal uh, denervation? Like, what kind of patients are seeing you as an interventional cardiologist and are receiving this this cutting edge? Um, uh, is it an, uh, is it ultrasound right. so denervation? It's a, right. So this renal denervation, uh, it's a procedure that's been investigated. I've been participating in some research uh, studies on it for over 10 years. Uh, it recently just was approved by the FDA. And actually, we are going to be, we're in sort of a, um, uh, we're in a period where we are going to be defining who, who's uh, ah, going okay. to benefit from it. Got it. We, uh, you know, initially, this procedure was uh, the people who were uh, the target for the investigation, for the research, were for the people with the most resistive, resistant hypertension. Right. And uh, I was talking about hypertensive heart disease. That's the effect hypertension has on the heart. The people who have resist, you know, about a third to 40% of Americans have hypertension. Uh, about a third of those people, their blood pressure is not yet at our goal of being less than 130 over 80. Right, and some it's because uh, we haven't found the right cocktail for them some, uh, of medications. Some of them are not getting the message and not taking the medications regularly, uh, et cetera. But there are some people who, despite being on three medications or more, taking those medications regularly, doing the lifestyle modification, they're still not getting their blood pressure less than right. 140 over 85, right? So despite doing all those things, their blood pressure is still higher uh, than it should be. And that is uh, not the majority, but it's still a significant portion uh, of, of patients. Um, and so that's the people who were targeted initially for this renal denervation. Um, and taking a step back, you know, to, to what your first question, what is high blood pressure? What is hypertension? You know, our body is has to adjust uh, a lot of things to react to different circumstances during the day. We call that balancing act homeostasis, right? Right. So, uh, your people are familiar with adrenaline, that fight or flight type of response, right? When I'm angry or frightened, you know, my heart rate shoots up and my blood pressure gets elevated in case I have to run away from a lion that's chasing me or get, get scared at a movie, whatever it is, right? That's sort of an adrenaline response. Well, there's a counterbalance to that. Like the opposite effect is that I'm relaxed. I'm digesting my Thanksgiving dinner. Like things are just kind of slowing down. My blood pressure is lower in my heart. And so there's sort of this uh, balancing act uh, for it between that adrenaline or sympathetic tone and that relaxing uh, parasympathetic tone. And generally, our body sort of, you know, to meet the different demeans, uh, needs during the day. Well, people who have hypertension, they're resting sympathetic tone, not when they're being chased by a, a jaguar or something, right? Their resting sympathetic tone while is, tends to be higher do you, than those people who doctor, don't have do you see pressure. do you see this sometimes in you know say 
uh, veterans or or people who have are dealing with post traumatic stress? I'm curious. I'm curious how that might. So that's that's interesting. You know, so this sympathetic tone that can be measured um, in certain labs. Um, it can measure uh, some sympathetic nervous activity. I don't know actually how it's been um, measured, for example, in people with who have terrible anxiety right. or post-traumatic uh, stress disorder right. uh, or even measured acutely um, when, say, something uh, shocking happens. Yeah, I want because I just I wonder, have... I wonder because I think about I think about myself and I think about my own heart. And uh, when I am uh, experiencing like anxiety and, and it could be I might not even know that I am, but I, I you know, once yeah. once I I'll feel my heart hurt. And then I then I check in with my head and I realize that I'm I'm worrying in all sorts of directions, and I so I always I was always curious about uh, the connections there because I, I I imagine well, I there think, might but be one. While we're, uh, I think that while we're un, under stress, um, it can be very likely that uh, our blood pressure goes up mm-hmm. at that point. You know when you're worried on the 14th of April about, oh, I've got to get my taxes done, <laughs> right. right? Or other, some other some other time crunch that's happening at work. Yeah, you know, uh, students studying for exams, uh, there are nurses, their blood pressure is probably higher than it is when those students are relaxing with their friends, right? right? Or how you feel after you get your refund check back, right? right? And so, yes, it probably is true that at points when you're under uh, stress or feeling anxiety, your blood pressure will go up, but for the people who have high blood pressure, that symp- that sympathetic tone is sort of more frequently elevated, almost as if uh, someone has turned the thermostat on in the room uh, a bit warmer, right? Uh, than than you're com- than you would be comfortable having it. So how are the how are the uh, result like how are the results thus far, if you know, the, so the FD, you said the, it's just recently approved this denervation. Yeah, it, just, it was just approved. It was just approved uh, in late October. Oh wow! Uh, so our kidneys are our kidneys are involved in the, in modulating this sympathetic tone. And you know, 60 years ago, uh, before we had as many medications as we have for high blood pressure, people used to undergo a surgery to uh, target this sympathetic uh, nervous system. Uh, to sort of disconnect it from the uh, from the body, it fell out of favor because the surgery was a big surgery. The medications were doing a very admirable job, but this procedure aims to, in a minimally invasive way, achieve the benefit that that surgery did. So what we do is similar to when we do an angiogram of the heart. Uh, we take a small thin catheter, come up through. Uh, the artery uh, in the leg, uh, just uh, at your hip, uh, to the kidney artery, and apply some energy. Uh, in, the, in the study that we've been participating in at Stony Brook, it uses an ultrasound energy. There's another type of energy called radio frequency energy that a different technology is achieving similar results uses. Um, both systems are, are approved by the FDA. But when you apply energy, Inside the renal artery, it heats up these sympathetic nerves in your in the kidney artery and sort of zaps them to disconnect them from the central nervous system. 
so that uh, the kidneys can't sort of ask for too much uh, blood pressure, so to speak. It's a one-time procedure. Uh, we go in, apply the energy in the right kidney artery and the left kidney artery. The procedure takes about an hour. Um, wow. And it's done as an outpatient uh, procedure. So this procedure has been shown to lower blood pressure by about 10 points, reduce wow. it by about 10, about eight to 10 points for the systolic, uh, the top number. Um, and it's shown that not just immediately after the procedure, but uh, the primary endpoint when they did the research studies was some of the studies at two months, some at six months, but they have followed them after and it's had persistent benefit for three or more years uh, for low, helping lower the blood pressure. Because it's sort of, as I said, it sort of short circuits uh, a little bit or resets the system so that uh, the resting sympathetic tone, the thermostat, if you will, uh, is reset uh, just a little bit lower there. So interesting. And you know, and I'm, and I'm like applying this, I'm thinking, about all of the new minimally invasive surgeries that uh, patients have been enjoying just in the last decade. Uh, it's it's really amazing the advances in medicine uh, as far as, as those are concerned. Uh, how many of these uh, ultrasound denervations have you, have you done or the team at Stony Brook Medicine? Thus far, since October. Well, I've um, I've done um, I've done a, a dozen to fifteen okay. of these procedures. We actually did our uh, first procedure in uh, late November, uh, actually at Stony Brook. At first procedure after the uh, approval, as part of the uh, post uh, post uh, approval. Uh, Research, excuse me, uh, research ongoing period, yeah. uh, observation period. Yes, so we've done one uh, at Stony Brook University. Uh, it went very smoothly. Um, he has seen uh, some uh, some benefits from it. Not not quite 10 millimeters, uh, but he has seen uh, some benefits in improving his blood pressure. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. And it's been yeah. And so, you know, the um, several, you know, this is a, a territory, uh, you know, I will say this is something that there was tremendous enthusiasm 10 years ago, and uh, it has really been uh, a lot of credit to the companies who have continued uh, uh, pushing the research because they were first looking at the patients with the most resistant hypertension, as I said, who are on three drugs, and this is adding the, the renal denervation. I, I can only I on can only imagine drug. that this population of people must be very excited uh, because, as you mentioned, it was sort of like it must have been so frustrating and must be so frustrating for them if you yes. are on a number of medications, you're taking them, you're you're doing everything your doctor is asking you, you're you're adapting to the lifestyle you're really trying and you're not seeing the results, uh, this must be a very exciting uh, period it, for those people and, and for people exciting. like you. 
it, it's, it's very exciting for the people who participate in the research to try and move it forward. For the uh, people who have high blood pressure, we've uh, at my, you know, I'm, I've been here at Southampton uh, with Stony Brook for over five and a half years now, uh, but was involved in this also uh, at my prior institution, which was down in New Orleans. And in both cases, we have a lot of people who reach out because they hear about the research. They are really uh, energized and eager to find another solution. Uh, and in some cases, uh, disappointed when they don't quite fit into the research protocol, oh, right. uh, which some, you know, we try to keep that very uh, narrowly focused. Right. Um, and that can be that can be very disappointing for them. So I think they're uh, they are excited now that um, the FDA has approved it. Um, uh, they are looking forward to as um, as we uh, learn more Medicare and the insurance companies uh, define who are going to be the patients. Oh right, are, yes, uh, and that's and that's a big the, deal. So uh, my hand, my fingers still cross for everyone. And, you know, we're standing by, excited to hear how things, uh, you know, uh, how things go. And that answer is going to come in the next couple of months. Yes. So that we're, we're all very uh, uh, eager, uh, eagerly anticipating that. Well, Dr. Riley, it was a pleasure as always. I'm, I'm an, I got to get back to some music, but uh, very, very lovely to have a heart to heart with you uh, right in the close of American Heart Month. Uh, again, a, a big happy birthday to the American Heart Association, 100 years young. Uh, and thank you so much to you, Dr. John Riley, the chief of cardiology right at our local hospital, Stony Brook Southampton Hospital. I'm Gianna Volpe. Uh, this was the Medical Monday segment underwritten by Jennifer Benton. This edition also underwritten by Glenn Hansen Studio. Uh, this is Myra, and you, whoever you are out there, you are awesome, and you're listening to Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM.
loving the music. You'll love the next hour of the show. All music, all heart songs leading you into the NPR news break. This is Lily May's Whole Blue Heart from the Other Girls oh, record. Blue Heart. 2019. Here on the heart of the East End. Was I on WLIWFM. And it is like you said. NPR Radio. 